This is the Matt Report Podcast, a podcast for WordPress professionals, agencies, freelancers, consultants, users, community members. If you're interested in learning about the business side of WordPress, this is the place to be. If you're interested to have discussions, deep-rooted conversations about the community, where WordPress is going, and the business behind it all, it's mattreport.com. Mattreport.com slash subscribe is the number one way to stay connected. You're listening to Season 5. This episode of The Matt Report is brought to you by Pagely. Pagely, where we help big brands scale WordPress, it's enterprise WordPress hosting in the Amazon cloud. If you're building big, powerful WordPress websites for your clients, you need big, powerful hosting, and Pagely delivers. I use Pagely for my websites and e-commerce shops, so I trust their service, and I have no issues recommending them to you. Look, I only bring on sponsors that I trust. And who else trusts Pagely? Verizon, eBay, Disney, Twitter, and more. You can see that right on the homepage of their website. Pagely is the OG of WordPress managed hosting, and they're innovating the market every single day. If your clients trust you to write scalable code, then trust Pagely to host it for you. Check out pagely.com. Where in the world is Tom Wilmot, the original digital nomad, or at least that's the way that I perceive him. I've seen him at many word camps. We've just never really had a chance to formally sit down and have a conversation before. Up until now, kind of, sort of. He's on my podcast. I didn't get to interview him. It's Corey and Sam taking it away with halfway through the season five, Mark, uh, talking all about SaaS and talking to people who are running SaaS and speaking of digital nomads. Uh, Tom and his company started nomadbase.io, which is a human-made product. Uh, Check that out if you're interested in connecting with remote workers and nomads around the world. It's a great conversation on the stuff that I really love but really suck at, and that's UI and UX. I I love to really dive into it. I really, really love to push it uh, in products and in services that we're putting out. I'm just not the guy to actually do it. (laughs) I just like to know that we need to put a huge emphasis on it. And that's what you're going to learn about today, not just in web design or app design, but for SaaS uh, and specifically for WordPress. Really hope you enjoy the show. Hope you're enjoying the new format of season five uh, with Sam and Corey. If you do, we'd love a five-star review over on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. Let's get into the show. This episode of The Matt Report is brought to you by Gravity Forms. Gravity Forms was the first commercial plugin I ever purchased for my agency, and I've been a loyal customer ever since. When I see the annual renewal charge come through for Gravity Forms, I don't cringe or second guess keeping it in our toolkit. I'm a proud customer. Gravity Forms is not only a great example of a successful WordPress product, but a product that helps me become successful at what I do. See, it's more than just forms. It's a survey tool. It's an online payment transaction. It's the cornerstone to automated marketing through their Zapier add-on, and the list goes on. If you're looking for a contact form that's more than a contact form, check out Gravity Forms at gravityforms.com. That's gravityforms.com. with my co-host Corey and today we have Tom Wilmot with us from Human Made and Happy Tables and we're 
hoping to discuss using WordPress for a SaaS without letting it dominate your UI with Tom. So thanks for joining us, Tom. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So first, let's just start. Can you provide a quick summary of what Happy Tables is? Sure, yeah. So um, it's kind of two things, actually. Um, there's, the, there's the thing which probably some of your listeners will have already um, come across, um, which was a um, kind of website builder platform. Um, that was really what we think of as Happy Tables kind of one. Mm -hmm. that went through multiple iterations in its own, uh, in its own right. Um, and that was kind of something akin to, to a WordPress.com or a Squarespace, but, but specifically for the restaurant niche. Mm -hmm. um, fully built on WordPress, uh, quite an obvious fit there for, for a website builder platform. Uh, and then more recently, um, which is th th there's been this pivot, which is what you'll see if you go to the happytables.com website now, um, which is, which is um, the kind of restaurant command station um, uh, product. Um, and that really is, is us pivoting away from the website builder um, kind of idea um, and, and in, into, into almost, you know, a completely different product, um, so, which is, yeah, which, you know, I can, I can go into more detail in kind of what that is and, and why we made that pivot. Did you abandon the, the website builder component of it or is that still just like a, a singular part with other right, functionality? Right. Yeah, so I mean, it's still running. Um, you know, there's some some uh, number of thousands of restaurants using it, um, mm -hmm. and so we certainly didn't turn all of their websites off. That would be terribly mean. Um, so that's still running, uh, but we stopped new signups. Um, the kind of vision for the restaurant command station, which we've pivoted to, is that at some point it would include, um, as part of its offering um, or as part of its marketplace offering, a a, a website builder, and that you know potentially would be the the, the Happy Tables platform, uh, website builder, or maybe it would, would, wouldn't be, and there'd be other third parties that provide that service. Um, you know, we were kind of undecided there, but yeah, it's still running, and, and, and there's still you know a, a number of them the websites out there um, that are powered by Happy Tables. What inspired the pivot? It was really um, out of necessity, um, and, and that necessity was that the the kind of website builder business. Um, we didn't find to be a great business. Um, like the, the kind of nominal cost of spinning up websites is, is going down and down and down. It's becoming kind of a commoditized market. You can essentially get websites for free. Um, and so we're competing, although we were um, specific to restaurants, you know, some, some amount of, the, of a restaurant website's needs are generic website needs. Um, and thus they can get those at very low cost elsewhere. Um, and so, you know, some, some of their needs are specific to restaurants. And so really our, our whole premise of the business was, are there enough of those needs that are unique to restaurants that mean that the restaurant will pay us $50 a month, $100 a month, whatever, um, right. to get those versus you know, going to, to Squarespace and spending uh, $8 a month or whatever it is, or going to WordPress.com and getting a free one and, or, or, or you know, um, having their cousin's friend's cat build them a website for, <laughs> for, for 50 bucks or whatever. Um, yeah, and ultimately we found that too difficult and not to crack, I suppose. Um, give us a little bit of a timeline. When 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 did you start the version one, and when did you pivot to version mm. two? Right, right. So pretty pretty long time, I guess. Um, Habitables actually predates um, its or it had a life before human made. Um, Noel Tok, who's the was the founder um, of Happy Tables originally, 
um, you know, was already kind of uh, building out that vision and that product when we met him and we then partnered. This is back in 2011 um, and, and brought Noel on to Human Made and happy, brought Happy Tables into our kind of uh, product portfolio. Um, and, and so then really that time from, from two, early 2011 through to, um, I guess, about a year ago, um, we'd, we'd gone, you know, that was when we had the website uh, builder platform and were, were kind of iterating on that concept and on the, um, on the marketing and the business plan and, and, uh, and the product itself. Um, I think, you know, I think we went through three, three or four full versions of that kind of platform before, before we decided to, to, to go this other way. Um, and, and in some ways, you know, it's not a hard pivot in the sense that, like, um, you know, it's something completely different. It's, it's uh, really we found that the most valuable part of the, of the website builder platform was the dashboard that restaurants get when they log in. So, that, so we built a custom dashboard that allowed them to edit their content, but also pulled in information from like just a few other places. It would pull in their analytics from Google Analytics and, mm -hmm. and it would show them, um, you know, some, some subscriber stats for their newsletter. Um, and we found that restaurants really valued being able to log into a dashboard and have this data pulled in and presented them to them in a really usable way. Um, uh, you know, that th that was really the value they, f they, they got from the product and that the website side of it, um, you know, that they can get that from a lot of places. Um, although yeah. it was just very hard for us to show enough differentiation on the website side to warrant it, it being a, a specific niche product. Gotcha. So, um, that analytics, the version two part, is that still built in WordPress or have you moved outside of WordPress for that? Uh, no, that's still built on WordPress as well. Um, although it certainly brings in a bunch of, of kind of other technologies, um, which, uh, you know, some, somewhat because of, of, of the kind of uh, the, the, the technical, uh, I guess, aspects of the product. Like it's a much more about, it's much more about data and pulling in data from lots of different sources uh, and then uh, doing interesting things with it. Um, and so just technically like the MySQL database that ships with WordPress isn't, isn't a great store for all of that vast amounts of data. So we're, we're using some other technologies as well, but it's still... You know, WordPress still sits at the center of that, um, and the, you know the dashboard itself is isn't a WordPress dash uh, isn't the WordPress dashboard. It's a you know that's a custom JavaScript app that's talking to WordPress via an API. So you have a custom dashboard and you have custom database tables, but you're still using WordPress. Yeah, so. actually, not even custom database tables. We're using completely different database technology. We're using like MongoDB and and, and um, Elasticsearch and things for, for a lot of the data stuff. Um, so that's not even sitting in the WordPress database or you know, in a MySQL database. Yeah. Um, so, but it, so yeah, that... WordPress is doing the pulling together and the displaying to the user. Yeah. So is are you still happy that you're using WordPress for it? I mean, it sounds like there's so much customization that mm. you might be, you know, fighting with WordPress more than it's more than it's worth it just to use. Right. I guess. Right. right. I mean, what parts of WordPress are you even using? So we're using, um, you know, we're really using WordPress more as a, as like a, an application framework or something, which I think has been a trend that we've seen, you know, out uh, in the in the wider WordPress world. You know, WordPress has gone from blogging to CMS to now this this kind of application framework, especially with the the WP API coming into core. Um, and so, you know, we're we're really using a lot of the 
the uh, kind of PHP libraries, essentially, that ship with WordPress uh, mm -hmm. to, to just shortcut a lot of the work. And, you know, things like user registration and, you know, it's useful that we can manage the marketing website for the product, you know, directly in, in WordPress. Like there's, there's a bunch of stuff that you just get for free or that are made easier. Um, I mean, another big part of it is, is just that we're all WordPress developers. So, right. um, you know, it's, uh, it makes sense to, to build with what you know um, uh, when you're trying to get to market quickly. What have been some of the biggest challenges in uh, sticking with WordPress as a core, but trying to integrate these other systems, external DBs, that kind of thing? Mm, yeah, sure. I mean, um, I mean, I think probably the biggest challenge kind of generally there is just that this is, it's fairly uncharted territory. Um, it's quite, you know, WordPress is, is, has only just got a, a, a JSON API in core, um, you know, in this last most recent release. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's not a ton of prior art out there. So certainly if you are, you know, if your listeners are thinking of, of, of using WordPress as the basis for their SaaS and are wondering whether they need to be building custom dashboards and looking into other technologies, um, it's, we're still at the point where you are, um, you know, you're mostly breaking new ground when you do that. Um, and thus, uh, yeah, there's, there's not a ton for you to kind of, uh, a ton of repeatable stuff out there that you can look to, um, Compared with if you're, you know, build, building on top of plugins and themes and much more, uh, uh, you know, there's much more out there that you can rely on. So I guess mm -hmm. it, it, sorry to dig in a little deeper. Mm, it, no, yeah, it, begs, it. it begs the question, uh, or, or let me ask it again. So why, <laughs> why WordPress? I mean, when, when pivoting, was it just mm. to keep going with the momentum you already had? Was it a, a point of pride because you're a, a WordPress shop? You know. Sure. And don't get me wrong, I I love WordPress. I build apps on it too. But um, right. it, your answer almost sounds skeptical. Um, no, so I think that it you know it makes sense to use um, the 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 pieces of technology you know that that do whatever job uh, the best. Um, and so uh, you know WordPress does a bunch of jobs really really well. It does its whole publishing workflow. It's um, it's user management and registration. Uh, a lot of it's, uh, you know, rooting and APIs. So, so I mean, the if you're going to build a SaaS app, a bunch of the a bunch of the stuff you need is is fairly generic and not unique to your app. You might as well just get all that free by using something like WordPress. Um, you Great know, I answer. Think WordPress is is the best, one of the best, if not the best option for all of that stuff that you're going to need. Um, so just do it, and, and then focus on building out whatever's unique about your offering whatever technology makes the most sense. Nice. You guys, yeah. um, is it is it built on multi-site? Uh, yeah, it is. It's actually multi-network. Um, so multiple networks of sites, which is something that WordPress supports uh, internally. Doesn't doesn't have a UI for, but um, that's a cool thing. Not everyone knows that, so that's a cool thing that uh, maybe I've just uh, shared with some of your listeners. But yeah, so, so the, the, and the reason we do that is we have um, we've obviously got, a, you know, certainly the website builder side of it. Everyone who signs up gets a, gets a site. So that is a site on a multi-site. Um, but then we also have white label partners um, who essentially have their own kind of mini happy tables within the wider happy tables network. And so each of those is in its own network. Um, so say we've partnered with a, uh, a restaurant uh, booking company in, you know, in a certain country, they might have their own white labeled version of happy tables that's, that's a, a network within, but still within the happy tables network. Gotcha. So by kind of customizing the UI and uh, creating your own databases, 
are you essentially you you have to build all pretty much all of the functionality besides WordPress core. You're not able to leverage any other plugins, right? Right, right, exactly. And I mean that's that's the huge trade off you have as soon as you step outside of of uh, you know standard WordPress. Um, like if you decide that like we did we, that you want to um, not use the WordPress admin and build your own custom admin. Um, that's it. That's a huge amount to replicate. You know the WordPress admin is had hundreds of developers refining it over years and years right. and years and many releases. It's a lot of work to do that. Um, so that's certainly not, uh, you know, something that you want to bite off lightly. Um, and, and uh, you know, you're, you, you are giving up a lot by doing that. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, the reasons need to be clear in order to warrant that, I think. And I'm assuming that since you're still on, that since you're on version two, you're happy with that decision and the trade-off has been worth it just to provide the, the right user experience. Right. I mean, we're going, we were going for a very customized experience. The first versions of Happy Tables um, didn't replace the WordPress admin. As a, as a restaurant owner, when I logged into my website to edit the content, I, was, I would go to the WordPress admin. And we'd hack the CSS to make it orange, like, you know, the Happy Tables color, and we'd replace yeah. the WordPress logo with the Happy Tables logo, and, you know, done a bunch of other kind of hacky stuff. Um, and that kind of works fine. You can hide all the stuff that, you know, we didn't have widgets in our theme, so we could hide all the widget stuff from the admin. Um, but at a certain point, like, you're doing so much work to fight against the stuff that WordPress wants to do. Um, and inevitably, what you're building is this, like, Frankensteinian monster um, and every time WordPress right, updates, yeah. you have to go and like all your hacks break because they've changed the CSS selectors that you were using to change the color to uh, orange or whatever. Um, so at some right. point, you know, if you're making that level of customization, it's much neater to just build something yourself. Um, and kind of, you know, through the agency work we're doing, which is, you know, uh, the, the uh, most of human made businesses is kind of enterprise WordPress agency work. Um, you know, we, we do a lot of custom uh, uh, um, Kind of JavaScript application work on top of WordPress uh, gotcha. behind an API, and so we kind of already had that experience there that we could bring to the bring to this as well. Yeah. So, just can you describe the process, of, like the decision making process of switching from the WordPress admin to your own custom admin, and like how long you thought it would take compared to how long it actually took to build? <laughs> and... Yeah, sure. Um, so I think the the initial impetus was was like we did all of this work um, and thought we were very clever uh, in doing it in terms of you know, uh, hacking apart the, the WordPress admin and making it into something that we thought was more usable for our customers. Um, but then we would sit and watch people trying to use it and um, you know, realize just how incredibly complicated the WordPress admin is. You know, if you're, mm -hmm. if you're uh, at our websites, because they were specific for restaurants and were very simple, you know, they, they, they had, didn't have many features, um, by by design, um, you know the the needs of somebody logging into an admin were quite simple, and yet they would log in, and there's you know just so many different things to click, and even though we put right. in all the stuff, like it was it, it was you know sobering to realize uh, just how complex it was, um, and so Noel uh, just like designed something, you know designed like this is what I want the admin to look like if I forget about WordPress, um, and it was you know orders of magnitude simpler. Uh, because our, because the needs of our users are much simpler than general WordPress users' needs. Yeah. Um, and so then looking at that design, it's like, well, um, it will be crazy to try and make this, try and, you know, 
paint the WordPress admin until it looks like this. Let's mm -hmm. uh, let's just build it uh, uh, from scratch, you know, and we'll figure it out as we go. So we we weren't into it naively. I think it's always good to go into big endeavors naively. <laughs> You'd never do them otherwise. Um, so uh, the we, we you know we kind of we we planned to get like an MVP out the door, and we all went to uh, the Canary Islands. Um, and I think we spent a week as a team just wow. building this um, and got it to the point where we could, we had like an MVP that we could ship in beta to, to our customers um, and say, you know, try this new admin, tell us what you think. Um, the best work is quick, usually though. done on it. Yeah, hour. it was pretty quick. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I, I, we were, we were working 50 nowadays or whatever. Like it wasn't a, uh, we, we, it wasn't, there was no point going to the Canary Islands. We didn't actually see it, <laughs> see anything. <laughs> but I guess we, knowing it was there maybe was motivating. Um, I mean, and then, you know, obviously you spend, you spend a week building it and years refining it. Um, but yeah, I, you know, getting, getting it going initially uh, wasn't too difficult. That's not, you know, if you've got a, if you're, a, if you're, if you're kind of at the level of the developer where you can uh, build, build, a, a build, out, build out kind of a JavaScript powered front end and then interact with an API to save the data. Like it's, it's not a hugely complex, uh, mm -hmm. wasn't a hugely complex product, um, but it, it is, you know, very different to, traditional WordPress development. Mm -hmm. And so uh, customizing the user front end so much, um, have you found that you've had to do uh, a lot of customization on the back end as well? I mean, is it, uh, I'm not trying to get you to give away the secret sauce or anything, but you know, I'm assuming, I'm su assuming lots of custom plugins to bring your own functionality to to the experience? Are you finding yourself right, hacking right. around WordPress? Or are you mostly using uh, WordPress back best practices there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I mean, um, kind of WordPress best practices, like, oh, so, you know, in some cases, um, you're pushing ahead of the curve in terms of what is best practice. And so there aren't, there aren't necessarily best practices defined. And so you've got to kind of define those as you go. Um, in fact, the, you know, the, the, Back when we built the first version of Happy Tables, WordPress didn't have a, a JSON API. It, you know, it just had an XMLRPC API, which wasn't um, uh, wasn't enough for our needs. And so we wrote a custom JSON API for WordPress and used that as the first version of of for the first version of Happy Tables. Um, and that you know that effort then itself informed the work that you know some of the team who worked on Happy Tables later did, like Ryan, who leads the REST API project for WordPress Core was also the lead developer on Happy Table. And so that work then informed what has become the best practice for, for, for kind of API-driven WordPress projects, I guess. Are you um, seeing um, WordPress start to catch up? I, like you said, it's, there's more and more references to it being used as an application mm. platform, uh, you know, with the introduction of the new API and that kind of thing. Are you seeing better opportunities? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, um, you know, I, I've been surprised at just how quickly that's happening. Certainly on the, you know, certainly through our agency work, the um, number of new, you know, clients leads that we get now that are, that are, that are kind of already um, requesting that they want to use WordPress, say for the editorial experience and the publishing workflows, um, but then they want to build their front end in some other technology. They don't want to use the WordPress theming system. Um, you know, that's already becoming quite a common um, use case. Um, I think we're going to see far more of that, you know, WordPress kind of playing 
uh, uh, with with lots of other technologies and, and being part of a, a larger system rather than rather than doing everything itself, which you know historically it's kind of done everything itself. Um, you know, we're certainly seeing that end uh, or, or, or come to an end at the kind of um, at the high end of the market, you know, the kind of agency market. Um, is there anything in particular that you you'd love to see come next, or you're you're seeing on the horizon that you're hoping arrives soon? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, going back to that best practices question, um, you know, a lot of this is so new um, that that there's really a need for for best practices to be kind of agreed upon and and uh, you know documented and, and made available to the community, and also um, the kind of libraries and code snippets and whatnot that go along with that. Um, you know, if you are building um, your website in React um, and you're using WordPress behind the API. Um, so the entire front of your end of your website is is, is a React application essentially. Um, at the moment, there really isn't much, uh, you know, reusable. There aren't like really many like React starter themes or um, a lot of the common things that you're going to need to build um, if you're building a website in React, um, like support for previewing your posts or uh, uh, the customizer. You know, that whole the, the customizer is is tied very deeply into the. WordPress themes. So there's like a bunch of there's a bunch of stuff like that that we just, just as a community need to solve um, and and get that code written and agreed upon and, and available on GitHub or whatever, so that then um, you know when you're building these sites, you're not having to to build everything. Um, you've got a bunch of stuff you can start with. Yeah. So is most of what you see missing that like community aspect around like React uh, implementations of the API, or is it like is the API fully featured enough to really be able to use it, or you know, how how how's your experience with the API been? And yeah, and uh, what do you think is missing? I guess is my question. Right, right, yeah. So there definitely is a ton missing um, in in the sense that um, the API is kind of two two parts um, and and was merged into WordPress in two phases. Um, uh, consequently, um, so the first part, which was merged, was like what's called the API infrastructure. Um, and that's really the underlying kind of developer libraries that you use to then write API endpoints. Um, so if you are building a, um, an, uh, like a custom application or a, or a you know, your SaaS product or you're, or you're building just any, any kind of website that's gonna use the API, typically your custom functionality is probably gonna need custom API endpoints anyway because it's, it's not just standard posts and pages. Um, and so, all of the stuff that you need to build those custom endpoints is already in core. Um, and you know, the majority of the work we're doing using the API, you know, pretty much every project we do is using it. Um, and is, you know, we're writing some number of custom, custom API endpoints to, mm -hmm. to, to do that. Um, the second part that was merged into core is kind of the standard endpoints. Um, and so far, yeah, there's like a limited number of those that have been merged. So at the moment you get access to posts uh, and pages and custom post types or custom post types. Um, and users and taxonomies and terms. Um, but there's a lot of other WordPress stuff that isn't exposed by the API. You can't currently, uh, without writing some custom code or installing a plugin, um, get access to WordPress menus or to widgets or sidebars, mm -hmm. or you can't switch your theme, you can't um, uh, manage sites in a multi-site. There's a bunch of stuff there that, that you know it will be great to see, and I'm sure we will see those endpoints just kind of as they are finished, you know, ship with new versions of WordPress. So mm -hmm. I would imagine that every release of WordPress going forward will include some new API endpoint. Um, yeah. 
So, um, so getting out of the the tech specific stuff, um, mm. sort of higher level. How uh, here's a here's a real broad question for you. Sure. Um, you know, given that there are limitations, given given that there are strengths, uh, you know, how has your experience been using WordPress? I guess it sounds like a multi-site version of WordPress as a SaaS platform. Um, you know, for for many customers. Mm. It, you know, it's it's. Um, I think it's not without its challenges. You know, I think it's easy to like the. I think the main attraction to using something like WordPress um, to start your SaaS, especially if you're coming at it from a, um, you know, say not a traditional software engineering background. Um, in which case, you know, if you are doing that, you're probably going to write your thing in like Ruby or something, um, or what you know, whatever the new thing is after Ruby. I'm <laughs> right. a few years out of date in my uh, <laughs> in my what's cool in development. Um, so if you're coming at it, you know, and, and WordPress, you know, you can get WordPress installed on, uh, you know, on your host, and you can install some plugins and get a theme, and you can you can kind of prototype something that that um, works pretty well. Um, the, the challenge with that is as you scale as a company and you, you, know, you hopefully get lots of users and, and uh, those users start requesting features and you know, the platform becomes more complex, um, the, the kind of WordPress needs to scale with you through that journey. Um, and that at some point inevitably does mean that you are going to need to start um, uh, solving some things at the software engineering level. Um, you're not going to be able to survive forever with with plugins and themes um, and kind of uh, you know kind of munging it all together, um, which is how most of these kind of platforms start um, inevitably. At some point, you're going to hit scaling issues, and uh, you know you're going to need to be able to be confident that your uh, security is up to scratch. Um, and you know those 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 kind of like are general problems for any successful um, sure. Technical product, and you know you're not gonna you, you don't get a free pass around those uh, with WordPress. Um, but in some ways, you do kind of get to, uh, to to get up to the point where they become problems. Maybe uh, you know it, maybe more easily than you do in other with other kind of technologies. And thus, I think you know people can kind of walk into them a little a little blind and then be surprised when uh, you know their their WordPress site that's that's just on a on any old host and, and is now, you know, maybe got 10,000 sites on it suddenly isn't holding up so great. Sure. And, uh, mm-hmm. You know, they feel let down, uh, but, but, you know, unfortunately there is no way around that. Yeah. So given those shortcomings, do you think that WordPress implementations of WordPress are going to be using less and less of WordPress and just more of the API? And if so, how long do you think mm. that transition will take before it's like we've basically abandoned what right, we know right. now as WordPress. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that that is, that is the, uh, a great question and is, is um, you know, I think the, the great unknown with, with this, uh, you know, with merging the API into core and, and kind of, you know, there's this expectation of there being kind of a, I think a Cambrian explosion was the word that was used by Matt uh, recently of, of um, kind of opportunities and innovation that are then built on top of this. Um, you know, I, I think the the API driven stuff is still at the point where it's uh, it, it it needs software engineers to like it's technically complex to build those things, and there isn't much out there to build on, and thus um, it's predominantly at the high end that that work is happening. 
the long tail of WordPress um, and really where WordPress has had its success, which is that there's a plugin directory and a themes directory with, with thousands and thousands of, of, of um, features and, and, and looks available. And you know, every single host has a one-click installer. Um, and so it's very easy for somebody to get pretty far without really needing to know much. Um, that whole side, I think we're much further away from that being like disrupted by, by this API stuff just because mm -hmm. it's much more complex ultimately. Um, right. We don't, you know, we just don't have like good answers yet for how do we replace a lot of the stuff that you take for granted in themes and plugins. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let me, let me ask you this. What percentage of your agency work is using these new implementations of WordPress where you're building out, you know, React admins or right, right. React themes and just using the API and not really using much of traditional WordPress? So that, that kind of um, is a fairly, you know, the fairly extreme example, I suppose, is, yeah, a website where the entire front end is, is, uh, isn't WordPress. And, uh, you know, the, the only bit that you're really using is the database and the, uh, you're logging into the WordPress admin to edit your content. Um, it's still a fairly small number of, of our projects that are that, but definitely, you know, that is happening. Um, mm -hmm. we're, work, we're working on two, you know, huge, large-scale sites at the moment where that's what they're doing. Um, uh, you know, and that'll be, be exciting when they launch. Um, so I think we'll, we'll kind of see that on a... You know that even even within large sites, that's skewing towards like uh, tech savvy sites, I suppose, who are who are you know traditionally want to use the very latest stuff. Um, but more generally, like every single project we do is using the API in some way. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe it's a traditional WordPress theme powering the front end of the site, but maybe there's a uh, the the uh, comments that are shown below the post are pulled in via the API and, and you know, displayed via JavaScript or the sidebar, uh, you know, maybe the recent post list in the sidebar is pulled in via JavaScript or the gallery that's shown in the post. So, so the, I mean, the API also just makes those kinds of features kind of like um, easier to develop, you know, if you're, if you're a developer. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, definitely um, that, there's a lot of room for it there as well. You don't just have to go to this uh, kind of uh, throw everything out and we're going to use all new stuff. You know, it, it, uh, I, I think we'll see much more of that. It just kind of replacing little bits um, of, of, of the existing kind of traditional WordPress stuff. Um, yeah, and, sure. and that's kind of happening in core as well, or is hopefully going to be happening in core, where um, the API will start to be used internally by the WordPress admin itself um, so that, you know, the, the, that's using the standard APIs to display the lists of posts when you go into edit post screen instead of it being some custom PHP code and, and a, mm -hmm. an Ajax uh, endpoint or what have you. Um, yeah. So uh, so as we, we hit the half hour mark, I want to start asking you about the future. One of the, sure. the big takeaways that um, I, I got from talking to you here is uh, that you see WordPress as an app platform. Uh, one of the big advantages is being able to essentially rapidly prototype maybe with limited tech knowledge, mm. uh, a, a first version, hobble something together. Uh, and then if you've got some technology, you can probably get pretty far with that before right. having to build these, these very custom uh, workarounds or, or an app that's only using bits and pieces of, of WordPress as we think of it traditionally as a, as a CMS. 
Um, so, you know, thinking about where you are along on your journey, um, and, and I think you've even described to us that basically in some ways that's been your journey, uh, that, that you were trying to deal, use the admin and eventually you got to the point where you said, okay, let's, let's build a purely custom experience and, and move on. Um, you know, and, and again, WordPress is starting to catch up. So what do you see, you know, in the next six months, next year, next couple of years, uh, for, for happy tables and, and how you, you continue to, to work with or work against, uh, uh WordPress as a technology? Mm, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I really do see it as working with. Um, I think that, um, and, and I think WordPress will always will have, or certainly for the foreseeable future, I see WordPress having a special place as the uh, in the center of a more complex uh, mix of technologies. Um, so, um, you know, the the WordPress is is a great. Um, uh, you know, I think it was a few years ago now that Matt called it like an operating system for the web. Which I think what he was getting at there is that you know WordPress is like the thing that connects everything else, and so if, if it itself has an API that can talk to all other technologies in standard ways, um, you know some of those will start to do some of the things that WordPress does better. Um, but WordPress is still there at the center, um, kind of bringing it all together. Um, so that's kind of what I'm most excited about, I think, and I, I you know I think that that's where um, you know the next. Uh, period of growth for WordPress as a CMS is going to come from, you know, we've kind of got to 27% of the web um, by essentially replacing whole websites, uh, you know, other other CMS systems with WordPress. Um, and I think now, you know, to, to, to grow the next whatever percent, we're going to see work, we're going to need WordPress to, to, to uh, break into more complex uh, kind of techn technology uh, um uh, ecosystems or whatever, so that so that it, it is uh, it's playing nicely with other with other things and uh, and itself you know has a, has a place and plays an important role, but it's working with other things. Um, so for happy tables, you know that that's definitely continuing the trajectory of that happening um, as we you know uh, use other technologies for for the things that they're good at. Um, definitely, you know the the kind of this like big data and data analytics, you know that definitely is pretty far outside of WordPress's wheelhouse. Um, WordPress struggled even just sure. just to search. Never mind, uh, <laughs> no, never mind uh, any of this other more complex stuff. So, so you know that stuff obviously makes sense to be uh, done in, in whatever technology is is suited for that. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Well, hey Tom, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Uh, everybody can check out the app that we've been talking about at HappyTables.com. Uh, where else could people reach out and find out more about you? Um, yeah, so I'm at Tom Wilmot on Twitter. That's a pretty good place uh, to reach out to me. I do blog very occasionally at TomWilmot.com. Um, or if you can type it, I've also owned uh, Tom.com, but the O is like the little O with a tilde above the O. Um, so if you can figure out how to type that character, you can find my website. <laughs> Excellent. We'll, uh, we'll in include it in the show notes. We'll do the work for you. Uh, well, awesome. thanks, Tom. Appreciate your time. Have a good one. Thank you. Great to chat to you both. Thanks. That was another episode of The Matt Report. I hope you learned something. I hope you got something out of it. It means a lot when somebody actually learns something from the conversations that I have here. Either personal gains or business gains, whatever it might be. Just learning your way in the crazy world of WordPress 
That's why I do it. I couldn't do it without my audience. I couldn't do it without my sponsors as well. So please go ahead and thank the sponsors. Use the services uh, that I've mentioned in these episodes. I really vet them and make sure that they're only putting out good products with great support and they really care about the WordPress community. That's why I've chosen them. So it means a lot if you go ahead on Twitter and tell them that you heard them on the Matt Report podcast. As always, mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. It's the number one way to stay connected. I send private videos there to my newsletter. It's really becoming much more than just a boring old newsletter. So I hope I can see you over there. And the best thing that you can do for the show is head on over to iTunes, search for WordPress podcast, leave me a five-star review. If you enjoy the episode, I'd really appreciate it. We'll see you in the next episode.